3: well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play
0: for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi everyone, this is Dave AC. Just before we start to listen to the commentary of Smith & Jones, let me just say that Mike, Ian and myself had not heard at the time of the sad passing of Nicholas Courtney, the Brigadier. We'd like to dedicate this episode to him for all the wonderful times that he gave us on Doctor Who. And our thoughts go out to his family as well. Now I hope you'll enjoy the commentary.
3: Welcome, welcome to the Cult of the Collective Commentary. Featuring Dave AC6. Everybody and welcome to the Goltam Collective Commentaries. And, as that handsome gent at the beginning said, there's three of us today. Please welcome back to the fold, to the commentary studio, Mr. Randolph. Or sorry, Dave, you have to wait in the back for a minute. It's Mike. Hello, Mike. Hello. Have you
1: missed me? <laughs> yes, we have, I'm but our is improving. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm glad to be back here.
3: <laughs> it's
0: good to be back. It's good.
1: Anyway. And also
3: joining us is Dave C.
0: Yeah, it's the alternate, the B team of the three that rule.
3: <laughs> ah, yes. Sorry, I was uh, partaking of the uh, as 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 our want uh, to partake. As I explained on the Colton Collective today, this isn't so much a commentary. It's just listening to three guys watching TV and drinking. <laughs> One of us only drinks water. So, but what are you what are you
1: partaking in today, Mike?
3: Exactly what you
1: said, water. Yes. <laughs> I'm kind of predictable that way, I know.
3: Well, is it just as predictable as Dave and I. It's just what, what kind of, I mean, I could ask you what brand of water you're drinking.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> I don't drink that bottled water stuff.
0: <sighs> He's obviously drinking the vintage stuff, you know, the 50 million year old stuff.
1: Uh-huh. Yes, well-aged
0: <laughs> water.
3: <laughs> I'm actually partaking in a, in a brand new one for me, it's a Night Harvest. Uh, it's a California Merlot. And it's quite lovely.
0: Yeah, and you had me worried then because the only time that ha- happens to me, Mike, is when the nurse says, "Can we have some well-aged water from you, sir?" <laughs> 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 no, I'm drinking. Uh, ban- I'm drinking Banrock Station uh, Shiraz Mataro, and uh, it's a nice m- midweek drink. But unfortunately, I'm drinking it at the weekend.
3: All right, uh, what could bring us three together again? Well, for one thing, we've finished with Jekyll. And seeing as uh, Mike was uh, a little behind in Jekyll, uh, he decided to duck out and uh, concentrate on school. But what has brought us back? Doctor Who. When you previously uh, left us, uh, we had uh, done a little Christmas special of all the Christmas episodes. But prior to that, we'd finished up with Series 2 of New Doctor Who. Or New Who, as the kids call it, or that show with David Tennant.
2: Oh, ah.
3: <laughs> Oh, we are awful, but you like us, all right. So tonight, what has brought us back? Is Smith and Jones. Yes. When you last saw the doctor, he had said goodbye to Rose and uh, killed off another companion and uh, almost crashed into the uh, into Buckingham Palace. But uh,
1: that's all by the by, isn't it, Dave?
0: <laughs> yeah, and we also
1: had some trash talking between Cybermen and Daleks about yes. pest control. Yes. <laughs>
3: anyway, but uh, as we as we were recording this, of course, galley is going on, so uh, that's another reason for us to be drinking. We're drowning oh, our sorrows.
0: Cool. Indeed, uh, you do.
3: In fact, uh, I think as we were recording this, the uh, uh, the convention is coming to a close. Well, officially, uh, lobby con will probably be going on for another two days as people file out of the hotel. But yes. We should get on with things, gentlemen, and start watching our official BBC copies of Smith & Jones. So, if everybody who is listening, both of you, uh, have your official BBC copies of Smith & Jones at the ready, I will count everybody in and say the magic word play, and we will all hit play at the same time. In five, four, three, two, one, play. Oh... I still miss this title sequence. I tell you.
1: Now look, it's a rare episode with no cold open. (laughs) Right into the title sequence.
0: Where's the lightning gun? Oh, (laughs) hang (laughs) on, we don't have any. It's
1: that hack, Stephen Moffat.
0: Oh,
3: sorry.
1: (laughs) Freeman Edgeman.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Who's that David Tennant guy? (laughs) Mm. Who's that Freema Edgeman woman? Wasn't she in the last episodes with the Daleks and the Cybermen?
1: Wasn't she there? Yeah. Nope. How is she alive? How does that work? Some t- wibbly-wobbly tiny line. Now, this interesting there with the title. Go on, Dave.
0: I was going to say, this is very reminiscent of the start of Rose, in a way. We start off virtually uh, yes. relaunching the series yet again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of
1: parallels between this and Rose. But the interesting thing with the title there that I noticed is that this episode is the very first time the letter J appears in a Doctor Who episode title. Ooh. Yes, oh. if you dig through the entire classic series and all of series one and two of New Who, you'll never find an episode title with the letter J. Well, Until this.
0: I couldn't have lived without that knowledge.
1: Yeah. I'm the trivia that's, master that's of th- obscure knowledge. Yes.
0: Oh, there's that marvellous actor we can't pronounce. Oh, no. <laughs>
3: And That's, that's, that's the virus actor whose job it is of Mike to pronounce. Joe Ando. There we go. See, I just trip over it. and <laughs> Now, there's a man I can pronounce the name of. <laughs> it's Clive. It's Trevor Lee playing Clive Jones. Yeah. <laughs> of course, this is not his first um, role in Doctor Who.
0: Yeah. Got his sports car and his dolly blonde. Ooh.
1: I'll... Hey, it's the doctor.
2: Yes.
3: For those who uh, don't remember, um, Trevor Leard was in Mind Warp, part of the uh, Child of the Time Lord series uh, season. Uh, he played uh, the, the guard commander, Frax. Yeah. Lovely boy. If you listen to the voice, you'll recognize him instantly. Because um, he's just got yeah. that lovely resonating voice.
0: Was that Blue Stick? Need-
3: <laughs>
1: I was about to say, meanwhile, on Top Gear. meanwhile <laughs> <laughs> on Top
0: Gear.
1: <laughs> on classic Top Gear. <laughs> yeah.
3: And there's Martha Jones'
0: theme. Yeah. Um, ooh, shocking. <laughs> ooh, a bit Mickey Smith, though.
3: <laughs> there she is.
0: Ah, Roy Marsden, a stalwart um, of the British TV. And
3: of course, Anne Reid, this is not her first appearance in Doctor Who. No. Uh, we last saw her in, um... In, um... God, see, we're really good at this. Curse of Fenric she uh played the uh, assistant to uh um,
0: I'm
3: really no old syllogist and i don't know
0: well while you're thinking about roy Marsden was very famous here in the u k as playing a detective called adam adam after, uh did that for thirteen years sorry fifteen years and those are p d james's uh murder mysteries right uh, death of an expert witness Shroud for a Nightingale, Cover Her Face, The Black Tower, Taste of Death, Devices and Desires, and they are brilliant if you watch them.
3: Right. Oh, yes, um, Anne Reed played Nurse Crane, who was the assistant to uh, Dr. Judson. She's the one who kept, you know, coddling him and,
2: oh, who's that?
1: (laughs) Why is he being so obscure about Why is
2: he, why is he?
0: Yeah, that's weird. Well, he doesn't know he's doing it yet. Timey, why me?
1: It was a reveal character. for the end, you nonce. <laughs> <sighs> uh. Hey, a little offhand comment from the doctor about maybe having a brother. Yes. <laughs> oh, those doctor master discussions. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Roy Marsden, been in the new Avengers Space 1999, Only Fools and Horses, Foyle's War, been in lots of stuff. Oh, the Doctor! <laughs> oh, yeah. Should be in the psych ward.
3: <laughs> of course, the title of this episode alludes to the last names of Martha and of the Doctor, uh, using his usual alias of John Smith. May also be referenced to it. it almost it. It may also be a reference to the comedy duo of the same name, or the Western television programs. Alias, Smith & Jones, and then, of course, Less Smith & Jones.
0: Uh, I was going to say, trivia for Mike, are those the same pyjamas he wears in Christmas Invasion?
1: (laughs) I don't think they were, I think think those were blue, weren't they? (laughs) He knows! I don't think they are.
0: He
2: knows!
1: (laughs) You can't trick me.
0: (laughs) Has he got a tangerine in his pocket?
1: What's interesting is the name of the hospital here in the story is, uh, the, well, the head of the hospital, rather, the, the doctor is uh, B. Stoker, uh, which is interesting considering the monster for the story. Yes, The character named B. Stoker. And yeah. Is an empiric <laughs> character.
0: Hmm. I, knew, I knew there was a reason why we had Mike on these, Ian. Oh,
1: yes. <laughs> uh,
3: the hospital, of course, is Swansea Singleton Hospital, uh, which is used to represent...
2: Uh, oh
1: a London hospital. Oh. oh, Suddenly.
0: You haven't been in Doctor until you do this sort of acting.
3: The full quote, which I'll read out, we're getting this off the web, folks. So if it's wrong, blame them, not us. Swansea Singleton Hospital was used to represent the hospital for location filming, although the scenes in which the Judoon enter the hospital were actually filmed in nearby Swansea University's library. The university commemorates this annually during Freshers Week with a Doctor Who display.
2: On the moon.
1: I wonder if there's a rhyming phrase Russell can come up with to to test uh, David Tennant speaking.
3: I, I honestly swear that he puts the, the, that stuff in there just for him to say stuff.
1: Look <laughs> at my camera and upload this to YouTube.
3: Oh, wait, we're <laughs> on the moon.
1: <laughs> Meanwhile, back
0: on the moon. Panic and they Sues.
3: They're all called Sue?
0: Sorry. Yeah. It's Owl. Owl in the road. Big and sort of round. There Actually, I was.
3: <laughs> in, in, in talking about that, uh, um, David Tennant and speaking, the line Jadoon platoon on the moon, which is coming up, was written as something of a joke towards David Tennant. The Scottish accent, which is, of course, Tennant's natural one, makes it <laughs> difficult to pronounce the sound syllable "oon" in the English accent.
1: Rather a nice that? reveal there of where the TARDIS was, just in yes. the background. Yeah. And the fact that it's there still on Earth. Yeah. Separating the Doctor...
0: gives a chance for Martha to show her proficiency.
1: The only one not panicking. <laughs> Which, uh, just an yeah. interesting note about uh, Ma- uh, Martha Jones, that this is of course the first episode we see that character, but just before this episode aired originally, she was introduced in a quick read story called Made of Steel. Mm-hmm. So Martha Jones was introduced initially in a book.
0: Hmm. Huh. <laughs> sorry, oh, go ahead. I would say he, he knows how to pick his companions, don't he? Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, there's several similarities between this episode and the eleventh hour. Uh, Both series' openers involve uh, an alien fugitive escaping to Earth and a group of alien police trying to find them. Uh, They also introduce a new main companion and see the destruction of the
2: Dr. Sonic Screwdriver
0: and replacing it. Mm. Mm. They never mentioned about the gravity, did they? I don't think.
1: Well, you can't think of everything.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Ah.
0: Quote from Freema, July... 2008. I'd like to think there will be more for Martha Jones because Doctor Who has been one of the biggest experiences of my life, both in terms of my career and in terms of how it's changed my life over the last two years. It's an honor.
1: Hmm. Oh, here we go. There we go. Explaining Army of Ghosts and Doomsday.
3: Explaining how they managed to be able to cast her without, you
2: know. yeah. Yeah.
3: Excuse the wine-pouring sound effects.
0: Ooh, drink.
3: Yes, don't mind if I do.
1: (laughs) And for anyone wondering over the ratings that this episode got upon its initial airings, uh, years ago, it got 8.2 million viewers in the overnights, and the BARB final ratings, 8.71 million viewers. So, pretty good for a season opener.
0: Yes. Yeah, and that was uh, 31st of March 2007. God, how time flies. I mean, we saw at the beginning producer Phil Collinson, of course, gone. Executive producers Russell T Davis and Julie Gardner, both gone. david has
3: gone.
0: <laughs> well, ho- hopefully gone on to uh, more good things. Yes. It was originally planned that this episode would air on the 17th of March, 2007. However, the date was shifted back uh, a week to the 24th of March, when it was realised that it would have gone up against the final of ITV's Dancing on Ice. Then it was shifted back another week because of the European Championship qualifier, that's uh, soccer to you people, uh, against Israel.
3: This is a lovely shot. Bravo, The Mill. Yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> hey, look at the bottom it, of that. It just looks like the sonic screwdriver, the new one. <laughs>
3: hmm. It's just fabulous, especially since they're moving over the top like that, to, to, rather than just like flying across. You know, just these big monstrous tubes.
0: Ooh, the monstrous sonic screwdrivers. Look, the sonic <laughs> screwdrivers.
3: Are See, they? Stephen Moffat hasn't hasn't had an original bloody idea yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's where he got that. I know. Idea. <laughs> Why do I make it look like this? What like a Jadoon ship? Shut up. Let's <laughs> <Just> do it.
0: <laughs> Let's make it green.
3: Make, make it green and golden. Then little we'll fool the
0: fans. <laughs> I mean, I, I do I mean, we we we. I think we all felt that the budget had been pushed up when this went up. Um, yeah. I, I mean, we know that dot two production team have had battles, you know, keeping the budget, but this definitely looked. As though the up, uh, the budget had been up from the previous series.
1: Right. Well, that's that's a great way of establishing scale there. Yeah. The, the lines of Jadoon marching. Yep.
0: Uh, it, this episode didn't air air in the states until the sixth of July,
3: two thousand and seven. Here's here's what Anne Reed reveals.
1: If I remember correctly, uh, Sci-Fi Channel, of course, aired this originally here in the states, and they had yeah. a two. They, they aired this right after airing Runaway Bride. Yeah. So there in July. Two point five hour premiere event they called it.
3: They call themselves the Stig. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. last Stig joke yet? Yeah, yeah. I think maybe no.
0: Yeah, and it, it was actually, when I say uh, uh, the States, I mean it was in Canada. Apparently they got it in uh, June. You've got to take a lap in a small car. <laughs> was it medium? Uh, what's the saying, in? Yeah. Uh, Pla-
3: in a medium priced car. So it's Michelin star well, she She's beautiful. <laughs> she is fabulous. This is just lovely.
0: It's With just... a bottle of Chianti.
3: And and, and this is even better.
0: <laughs> now I must admit that that threw me. If that had been an aluminium straw, even it would have looked more high tech. It's just
2: funny.
3: That uh, of course, Anne Reed at the moment is um. Currently starring in Marchlands. Uh, March,
0: uh, March of course, Ian, of course, brilliant. Which
3: also stars um, um, Alex Kingston
0: and uh,
3: Dean, uh, Dean Andrews Dean from Andrews. Uh, Life on Mars and Ashes to Ashes.
0: And they're playing and, a brilliant And and
3: now I forgot his name. Gom. Wilford Jekyll. Little. Yes, Dennis Dennis Lawson. Yeah.
0: Ian yeah. and myself can't recommend Marchland's any, yeah enough. Brilliant. Yes. But yes, she's playing a, a pivotal role in that one.
3: Oh, no, they're not Santarans. Ho, <laughs> oh, fo, oh, cho, ho, oh,
0: fo, mo, cho. This is Tim trying to get to customs. Fo oh, cho, mo, oh, cho. <laughs> Sorry, that's an in-reference to other people.
2: Like a stapler.
1: <laughs> well, that was quick. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love it. It's a marker.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Have a nice day. I love yeah. that. He, he, he,
3: he samples his language, scans him... And then marks him with
0: a sharpie. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. great. You need this to get oh, back oh, in the oh. club. It's a oh, <laughs> oh, there it's we a go. Shop. Back to New Earth. New, <laughs> new, <laughs> new, 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 new Earth. <laughs> H2O Scoop. And, and did we notice wasn't the rain going upwards when it came? Yes. Yes it was. I, I thought they were very effective those uniforms. absolutely brilliant. Of course the the same thing that they did um on the Hungry Earth, basically uh, they put masks over them so they only have to actually have the uh, uh the the effective head for one of the characters.
3: I think they actually had two did two they? working animatronic heads. And all the rest were just the the uh, the the, ma- the helmet, which right. is great. I mean, which is something um, that's been repeated with a lot of the monsters. Uh, for example, the Silurians. Yeah. Uh, that's why they had the like their battle masks, yeah. So that they didn't have to make up so many uh, extras, which is a great idea. It's quite effective, I think.
0: And they did that with the uh, Ood, didn't they, as well? They only had a couple of the Oods that the eyes would blink Light and so up.
3: Yeah. Of course, uh, events here were actually uh, mentioned later on uh, in Series 4 in uh, Turn Left, mm-hmm. in which uh, instead of the doctor showing up to take care of this, it was Sarah Jane, uh,
1: Luke, and Maria, and Clyde and they yeah. we were all killed of course nope. that was the uh, alternate timeline without the doctor yes
0: yeah and that was a lovely effect with the gun i mean they didn't just do the you normal know, negative effects or i think sonic <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's windows doctor oh
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Linux. Do 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 I, think it's <laughs> Li- I think it's Linux, Mike. <laughs> mm,
2: probably.
1: <laughs> oh, the doctor and his hair. Yes.
2: Oh. Oh.
0: Oh, dear.
3: Actually, um, a little bit of a... S- 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 uh, oh. An uh, aside to, to, to Mike's comment earlier, uh, Mrs. Finnegan, uh, of course the plaza for is found drinking Mr. Stoker's blood. Mr. Stoker was intended by Russell T. Davies to be a reference to the character uh, Mr. Stoker in the 1980, uh, 1989 series Children's Ward. However, the design department saw this as a reference to Bram Stoker, hmm. author of Dracula, so the sign B. Stoker was replaced on the office door during production. <laughs> Apparently.
0: And uh, the, another thing we haven't quite mentioned yet is the, um, of course, it's Nick Briggs doing the voices of the are
3: Of course, yes. Need a monster? You call Paul Casey. You need a
1: monster's voice? You can call <laughs> Nick Briggs. Yep, call Nick Briggs and his uh, sound equipment. Hey, it's Doctor Who, and we're running
3: down corridors.
0: Where's your car? He's running through his car. It's a racing start. Sorry, if you don't watch Top Gear, you'll not get these references. Sorry.
1: (laughs) The music there... The refrain from the
0: from the music yeah. is
1: also from the uh, trailer for this series, which is on one of the soundtracks. A track called "All the Strange Strange Creatures."
0: Yeah, it's got quite a slight reference to the new uh, theme as well. That like that running. Yeah. D- because when I, we first, down. yeah, when the uh, the one the new one when it came out, we all thought it was a bit samey, but it actually yeah. works well for a situation like that.
2: Ooh,
1: nice effect there! Yeah, (laughs) radiation. I just love the
3: little zip, the 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 top of his zip
2: going. Radiation
1: killing the doctor. That'll never happen. No,
0: never. And he was behind the gun, so he only got a tenth of that. Oh. Again, this was one scene I didn't particularly like. I thought it was uh, uh, Russell T Davies taking the mick again.
1: <laughs> oh, Doctor.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm. <laughs> That's the only reason to so get that phrasing. Yeah, barefoot yeah. on the moon. Oh, they're called Stigs. <laughs> Did you listen? do you read the script?
1: <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Sonic Screwdriver. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and there, it's gone. <laughs> ooh <laughs> mm-hmm. oh oh thanks
3: yeah. for now. We just resorted to watching the bloody thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those keeping track of Sonic Screwdriver destructions, that was the third time in Doctor Who. First time, of course, was in Visitation, a classic Who. The second time was in a Doctor Who magazine comic called The Flood. So, third time the Sonic Screwdriver has been destroyed.
2: Uh-huh.
1: One stick mm-hmm. remains. <laughs>
0: One stink to rule them all.
1: <laughs> oh, hey, eleventh hour again. When uh, Amy has the doctor handcuffed to the, to the the radiator. Uh, she's calling for backup apparently, but not.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I can't remember whether you guys have mentioned it, because I'll listen to every word you say, but um, this is the first episode not to have a pre-credit <laughs> title sequence yes, since the ninth Doctor episode rose. Yet another similarity to the Rose one. Mm-hmm. The the next series opener, Partners in Crime, would also know, have no pre-credit sequence.
1: And, of course, another parallel to Rose is that since this is introducing a new companion, we sort of see the story through that character's eyes. We see it from their perspective. So we're not focusing on the Doctor, but rather the companion.
0: Yeah, and I think that is great, Mike. Thanks for picking that one up, because uh, um, in some cases, I do remember in the first series, Rose, it was almost becoming Rose's adventures with the Doctor, not the Doctor's adventures. But I think this time they, they limited it more to this first one or two episodes.
1: Yeah, it was really through the beginning of uh, the, the Lazarus experiment that it was, it was shifted from, the, from Rose, uh, Martha's perspective to them yeah. being equal. When the Doctor actually accepted her as a companion.
3: an interesting little mm. sidebar. The doctor didn't think to do something like that. And something he notes the like compassion. The one thing I've noticed from um from what I've read about Russell, about the way he crafts a character, especially a companion, is there are certain tests that a companion has to pass. And if you watch this, there are certain things that Martha Jones does throughout this episode, Ooh, there's one. which are tests for the <laughs> companion. That was one of them. She showed compassion yeah. that the Doctor wouldn't have, you know, shown, and he notes that. You can tell by the look on on the Doctor's face.
2: Yeah, you know,
3: she closes his eyes. Uh, the fact that she, you know, the way she approaches this whole thing from a very logical standpoint, and yeah. You know, there's there's always certain things. Uh, I think I brought it up before. In Partners in Crime, there is a reporter in there, who was in the original story, was supposed to have been the companion. At least she was given the name of the failed companion when uh, when uh, when they changed who the companion was going to be, of course, and. Uh, they made her fail. He made her fail. He got rid of this character that had been lurking around in his subconscious and dist- basically destroyed her um, by making her fail oh. in what she did. So it was, yeah. it's interesting to see Martha pass the tests.
0: Mm. I actually think this is one of her strongest episodes, which is not really all well for the future, but uh, in here I was quite happy with her performance.
3: <laughs> the masks mm. are the ma, the mask for the Jadun is fabulous yeah is it oh, here's the doctor playing stupid mm. I love
0: that <laughs> she, right, she, she <laughs> that's a rose's line well, I fail! no it isn't it's a Joe Grant line. I never said I passed. (laughs)
1: Henry's just delicious. I'm sorry. She's just (laughs) delicious in this. And the way she delivers those lines.
2: (laughs) Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 I <I'm six>. uh <laughs>
2: I it. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh,
0: cake! Shake! <laughs> <laughs> Not pie! <laughs> oh no. Oh,
1: banana milkshake! <laughs> <laughs> a banana joke in a non Stephen Moppet
0: story? What's this? <laughs> yeah, it must be the girl in the fireplace.
1: Yes,
3: of course the doctor facetiously asks for a banana and here's one of these fascinating fakes I'm reading from the internet. He previously mentioned that fruit in The Doctor Dances and Girl on the Fireplace. I wonder why.
0: Pope. Oh. Ooh, naughty girl. I mean traces of contact.
2: <laughs>
1: Compensation.
0: Oh. Uh, is it a million cr- credits, Mr. Copper?
3: <laughs> it's a bendy straw <laughs> Oh. Uh. Uh. <laughs> uh. uh.
0: have a girl
3: Wait a minute again another test she passed mm-hmm. <laughs> It's interesting, she says the bite of a plasmor, but she's using a yes. bendy
1: straw.
0: It's like smoking a cigarette with a, a holder, isn't it?
1: Oh. oh, there goes the other stig. Oh. But the, that line there that she had there, confess I'm proud of it. It's interesting how that references a, a line from the Doctor himself in the War Games, mm. uh, the second Doctor's last story, where uh, the Time Lords were interrogating the Doctor about his interfering in the galaxy, and he said, I'm not only... Pr- I know only admit them, I am proud of them. So, (laughs) referencing the Doctor
2: himself.
0: (laughs) It's, It's very good, Nick Briggs. You wouldn't recognize it was Nick Briggs, would you? No.
1: Uh, we're not going to fix this. We're just going to leave.
0: <laughs> wasn't there? I seem to remember there was some talk at the time about these sort of butch kilts these guys are wearing, wasn't there? And this sort of uh, leather gear.
3: All oh, the leather and machismo. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All
1: sorts of leather in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Russell, you dirty boy!
2: <laughs> it's the gay agenda. I tell you. <laughs> drink. Yes.
0: Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. See, by this this point, we've gotten over the whole kissing thing as fans. We just don't give a rat's arse anymore.
0: Mm. Two. Uh, she's got the two hearts business going, at least.
2: Yeah.
3: Of course, oh. she gives her last breath to say the doctor. Oh. Test passed.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The not got his sonic screwdriver either.
1: Nope. Oh, hey! I hour that No TARDIS, no sonic screwdriver. Who the <laughs> man? Never <laughs> <laughs> saying that again. <laughs> Shocking, indeed.
0: Come on, we need it to rain. Break
2: woogie, woogie, woogie.
3: Did quite well with this, because, I mean, the Doctor should always save the day, you know, and the Doctor does in this. Really, when you look at it, Martha saved the day. Mm. But it was by, you know, Martha saved the day by transference. You know, she gave Mm. her last breath awaken the doctor to do this, you know.
0: It's
3: well done. (laughs) Although I'm not quite sure what this accomplishes. I'm sorry, Russell, but (laughs) carrying her, which is expending even more oxygen. (laughs) He's
0: supposedly going down to a lower level. Or he's
3: going
1: to somewhere where there's a window, maybe. I don't know. For uh, what purpose?
0: No, uh, so uh, there should be some oxygen tank somewhere. Oh, he's just gone to he's just gone to the window to see if it rains. Yeah. Uh, raining on the moon, Jadoo. <laughs> oh,
2: hey, there's Gugu. Uh,
3: Which how can you not enjoy saying that name all the time, Gugu? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and of course she we see more of her later on.
3: Yes. In a nice dress actually later on. In one of my least favorite episodes.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But anyway, what do you do? <laughs> and there's the idiot doctor.
1: <laughs> I told him you can't do this. Oh, playing up the hero role. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there he goes. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> oh, Charlie. Wait a minute. It <laughs> <laughs> was
3: there a second ago. <laughs> stand by for a reference.
0: Arc watch. Yeah. Uh, uh, Of course, the events of this episode as well are revisited in the turn left episode.
2: Mm -hmm. And Dave
1: just talked over the reference, but oh well. (laughs) Yeah. Story arc (laughs) reference with Mr. Harold Saxon. Yes.
0: (laughs) You can't get good help nowadays. No,
3: you
1: can't. Of course, last Uh. time we saw... Oh, she's the innocent damsel in distress,
0: isn't she? Yes. <laughs> Back to one of uh, Russell's domestics. Uh-huh. <laughs> we could be on Coronation Street here in our <laughs> Everyone
3: was concerned with the scene that this is what we were going to get to see all the time yeah. with so much of Martha's family, and actually they would just serve to be. They, they oh. actually, he did it a lot better with Martha's family than he did with um with Rose. He's putting
1: his foot down. <laughs> I'm putting my foot down.
2: Uh, yeah. Oh.
1: And everyone scatters. Yes. Oh. Uh, look who's here. Brown suit. Ooh, sexy
0: smile. He says.
1: Uh. Oh. Doctor, you like meeting companion, new companions in alleyways, don't you?
3: <laughs> With that come hither look.
1: Yeah. Nice jeans,
3: I must say. Of course, we have a costume change.
2: Yeah. Uh.
3: Ah. Oh, what's that on the wall? Vote Saxon.
0: Boat. Oh, I didn't notice that, I must admit. What?
2: No, when, no, a...
0: no, no, it was only when it was pointed out to me. Ah.
3: <laughs> they gave her so much intelligence, and just something about her failed.
2: Mm.
0: I've got a brand new, new Sonic U-Driver. I've got a...
3: Oh, 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 come on. Here's the payoff.
0: Ooh. I got it's Rose. What the doctor said.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what he said to Rose. <laughs> Here we go. Payoff.
3: Which gets earlier is,
1: in the episode, you know,
3: the wonderful thing about this is that, is that you see that scene at the beginning, and then with all the action going on, you kind of forget about what mm-hmm. happened at the beginning, yeah, very opening mm-hmm. scene, and then you're reminded of it right here. It's just lovely, and seeing the artistest come and go
1: like that's just mm-hmm.
2: uh,
1: I mean you even managed to land it at the same angle. <laughs> <laughs> Mind, people
0: blown, and she's smart (laughs) enough to realise what he'd done.
2: Mm -hmm. Tricks,
3: (laughs) (laughs) and of course, this next bit coming up was suggested by David. In other words, I fancy you.
0: Ooh.
2: Nice
3: establishing shots there of her first time seeing it. You know.
0: Now come on, what does Jumpy Girl's face say, Ian? <laughs> you always have to walk around it. Uh huh. That guy that young lad of yours knows his stuff. <laughs> uh huh.
2: <Seat. laughs> <laughs> that was just a play, David. <laughs>
1: Interesting there about oh. the crew and the navigator because of Stolen Earth and Journey's End. Yes.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> oh, right now? Yeah.
1: And that one trip turns into <laughs> you. Yes. Two, two trips. Transfer. <laughs> transfer.
0: That's what you that's tell all the girls.
2: girls. <laughs> 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 Liar! I
1: think that's what you say now. Yeah, it's interesting. The thing about that. that Scene right there is sort of backwards in a way, and uh, and partners in crime with um, Donna and the Doctor. <laughs> so the Doctor is saying he just wants a mate. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
3: mate and of mention the the helmet
1: regulator.
0: Yay! Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, a bit bumpy. <laughs> there Beth you go, Ethan Jones. <laughs> Uh, time now, context. blue means what? Forward or backwards? I can never remember.
3: It'd have to be backwards, because... the next time trailer says so!
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Interesting episode. I
0: don't really know! <laughs>
2: Mm. a boom and
0: again the time rushes by.
3: Yes, and again I begin to realise that David Tennant was a brilliant doctor. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm sure that that that, uh, that Matt Smith will be just. And and so far he hasn't priced, and I like him. But every time I then go back and see a David Tennant episode, I'm just reminded of how how great he was as the Doctor. He just encapsulated everything that was Doctorish. Well, yeah,
0: he's a consummate actor. I mean, some of the the quiet moments. I mean, the, the way he describes Gallifrey and things like that, and and. Uh, I mean, we, I think we should talk about this one for a moment, but uh, I'm hoping that the next commentary we're going to do is going to be Gridlock, and there's such a lovely speech in that yes. where he's describing Gallifrey, but back to this one for now, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. And, of course, some of those lines are lifted from the sensorites first, Doctor, but mm-hmm. we'll get to that. Yes.
3: But, I mean, this is a great... another like, like we said at the beginning, it's an opening episode. It's introducing the new companions, so there's certain rules that apply the the threat is is a little narrower. It's a hospital. You see most of the the episode through the eyes of the companion, run through the eyes of the doctor,
1: yeah, and which goes along with um, you know introducing the show to new fans, which is kind of the idea with the series opener anyway. Right. So he, it's good to have the focus more on look at the companion first seeing the doctor and who is this strange character running right. around with barefoot on the moon
2: <laughs> and
3: it also works from a fan perspective too because it gives it it, it gives us fans the opportunity to sit there and go yeah what is she going to think next uh you know the little bits of the oh I love a little shop yeah, we mm-hmm. know what that's referring to and and there's you know there's so much stuff sprinkled in there of if if you're brand new if somebody said oh did you watch doctor who last last series are like no oh well it's a new companion, come on! You should watch it. People can easily come into it right then and there. Absolutely. The 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 whole time and space. You know, she's seen the TARDIS in one position, disappear, and then of course it appears down the, the road from the pub. So there's the it travels in space, and of course then he goes on to prove the the link between the beginning of the episode and the end, where he time travels. So when you look at it, it encapsulates everything. There's the Doctor, things that he can do, sonic screwdriver. Time and space, bigger on the inside, as Liam would say. And you've got to go out and look at the turtles again and come back <laughs> yeah. in and go, it's bigger on the inside. It's, gee, you just have to do it. Yeah. And Davey didn't do it. But he <laughs> loves her anyway.
0: Yeah. Uh, one thing, I can't remember whether you guys talked about it, but uh, the uh, Dejune leader. Dijun. Dijun, yeah. Paul Casey played that part, and he's uh, been the cyber controller, uh, the cyber leader. He's played an Auton, a and an Ood. Uh, he was um, in Sarah Jane Adventures. He played the the alien blowfish. That was, it was yeah, on Torchwood. Like you said, um, certain people you come back to. Yeah. His list of appearances in Doctor Who go from Rose all the way to, to the Pandorica Opens. So, brilliant.
3: If you, if, if you uh, need an alien, you call Paul Casey. If you need an alien voice, you
1: call Nick Briggs. Yeah, they go together.
3: Yes, basically. I bet they sit around at the pub
1: for hours. <laughs> so, which alien are you playing next? Oh, you're playing that. up oh, that means I have to do a new voice. Yeah.
3: Oh, okay. Do they know what kind of voice they want for I don't know. But I've got a march like this, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it fairly whipped along. I mean, I don't think there's any uh, flab at all in that. I mean, one of the. I mean, I'm a real fan of the class. What is now known as the classic series. But even I will admit that the, the speed... I mean, everything was slower then on TV, but uh, there was an awful lot of uh, padding, maybe, in certain episodes. Uh, they were dumber
3: back then. That's <laughs>
0: Oops! <laughs> <laughs> Touché! Uh, but this one fairly rocketed along. What did you say the time was, uh, Mike? 44
1: minutes? 44 minutes, 25 seconds to be exact.
0: Wow. And it fairly skittles along.
1: Yes, it does.
3: The Appreciation Index, according to the bar. The episode was seen by 8.7 million viewers and was the ninth most popular broadcast on British television that week. And it garnered an appreciation index, which is, is different to how many people watched it, reached an appreciation index of 88 out of 100.
0: Yeah. ta uh, And, uh, of course, with three adjumen they already had a chance to try out the girl as we said from the, that she played what now turns out to be her cousin. So, um, they, they had a little bit of security built into that. And I do feel as though, as I say, this is not necessarily a good thing, but this was probably one of her strongest outings. Although, in actual fact, the, uh, was it the first one she actually recorded, do we know, guys? It Because usually what we, they do, and the reason I say that, listener, is that, um, Many of the episodes, the first one you see is actually their third outing. They've done this from every time from way back to, you know, the Peter Davison and the Fifth Doctor all the way through, that they, they don't necessarily show them in the order that they are blocked in. Do we know? We don't know the actual uh, block number for this, do we?
3: No, and I am trying desperately to find it, the answer to this on the internet. But some, some faithful viewer out there will know the answer and be yelling, yelling it to us as we're we're talking. We can't hear you. It's not live.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Free Management also appeared in Survivors, uh, the BBC One remake of the 1970s series. But oh. I was a little bit shortchanged on that because she was shown in a lot of the promotions, and she. Uh, this might be a spoiler, but she didn't exactly make much, much of the series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And also
1: playing along in, with uh, the home version of Six Degrees of Doctor Who, the actor who played um, Rose's dad was also in Survivors on yes. her first episode. Yes,
0: yes indeed.
3: Yes. Yeah. Um, and of course, before securing the part of Martha Jones, Adjiman's most famous television role uh, was playing the character of Lola Wise in the revived series of ITV's soap opera Crossroads. Uh, she also had small guest roles in other TV series such as Casualty, Mile High, and The Bill, in which she appeared on two occasions as two separate characters. In 2005, she played Mary Ogden, a uh, scene of the crime officer, and in the episode Silent Witness, Ooh. she starred as a character in uh, Nana, an in, in independent film. Rulers and Dealers, written, by, written and directed by Stephen Lloyd-Jackson. Going along with the, the roles in the bill. she is currently being seen on her screens in Law and Order UK.
1: Which also stars Peter Davison.
0: Yeah, and as it says here, the production team were impressed by her versatility shown across her three auditions, and then called about back to be a serious candidate for the new companion. She made the transition across to uh, Torchwood as well.
3: Yes, she was,
0: she was actually supposed to join the Torchwood crew,
3: but because she landed the role in Law and Order UK, she ducked out of Torchwood, which apparently caused some issues. I don't know uh, what issues, because nobody has uh, shed any light on whether it caused any, any problems between herself and, and uh, Russell T Davies. She did appear at the very end of, of David Tennant's reign as the Doctor. So,
2: assuming that everything was
3: patched up by then.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, of course what you mean is that she wasn't available for the Children of Earth, the Series 3. She actually made an appearance earlier than
3: that. She was then to to join them permanently as as a full Torchwood uh, staff
2: member.
0: So, um, I think we ought to just give um, a general thought on uh, how we felt as this, as not just an episode, but as a series opener. Um, if I go first, I would say that um, I'm pretty impressed with it as a series opener. It it did take the formulaic approach that Russell T Davis uses, which probably, to be fair to Russell T Davis, wasn't formulaic at the time, but it, it seems to have become a hallmark of his recently. But um, uh, I think Mike has stressed the, the similarities between this and Rose and uh, the perspective of the, the companion. I think it was a very strong episode. In fact, um, oh, well, perhaps Rose was a stronger episode. I don't know what you guys think, but it was certainly a successful opener, and it looked as though the series was well set. And I think it wasn't the fact that Freema Adjman uh, dropped down a level from this. It's just that she didn't go up a level from it, if that's not an Irish way of putting it.
3: Right. I see what you mean. It, it it is a good it's a it's a nice little outing again. It, it follows all the rules of uh, what we've come to expect of introducing the series again, introducing a new companion, uh, introducing the Doctor to the companion, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And Martha Jones has a really good start in this. Unfortunately, it never goes further, mm. and that's the problem with the character. It's not a problem with Freema. Freema is. Gone on to, of course, you know. I've I've watched her in Law and Order UK, and she's a fine actress. She's able to play different levels. Uh, something didn't work. I don't know what it was. Whether it was
0: she's the rebound whether, girl, isn't she?
3: Yeah, I don't know whether it was the layout of of, of the episodes. Whether they said, oh, well, she's only going to be here for one series, and that's it, and, and then she's out, and so not a lot of time was spent developing her character. I don't know what happened, but something happened where, to me, at least, Martha Jones failed. And uh, it's a shame, because I think she's a good character, and so much could have been done with her. And she shows so much intelligence in this episode, and so much promise. And it's just squandered over the rest of the series. And, yeah, it never Uh, quite recovers.
0: Yeah, I think, just before we go to Mike, I think one of the things was that a lot of fandom read the fact that she was what they thought of written out was was a sign of uh, not succeeding. But like you say, she, apparently on, on interviews, she said that she knew that she was leaving. She knew she was coming back. I don't know whether she knew about the Torchwood one, but you know it. they didn't sort of uh, reduce her role because she wasn't working out. Uh, right. But I, th- I, I do feel as though following on from Rose, um, the character Rose, should I say... Yeah um she was always in a hiding to nothing in terms of getting back that um frisson that was between rose and the, well certainly on rose's side this this was more of an un- unrequited love type of situation
3: right. before we get the mic i can I, I can kind of see why they did that because uh, by the time we get to the, the you know rose leaving we have so many shippers out there we've got so many fangirls excuse the expression but you are fangirls um who have been pining away for the Doctor and, and Rose to you know get it on, uh, get it together, etc. etc. So rather than replace the companion, uh, rather than replace Rose with a character who doesn't care about the Doctor, and doesn't want a relationship, and has no interest, they try to pull in, I think, that quantity of the viewing audience that is a bit sweet on the Doctor by introducing a character who is empathetic to that and 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 fancies the doctor as well. And I don't know if they concentrated too much on that. Something happened, but I don't blame Freeman at all. Anyway, Mike, we've blabbered
1: on long enough, it's time for you. Well I know that Stephen Moffat has gone on record as praising this episode rather highly. He's he's cited this episode as a great thing to study, as something to use to Like introduce a a show that's been going on a while to new people. He's talks about you know how well this episode you know puts all the pieces together. Introduces a new companion, introduces, uh, just basically reintroduces the show to to a wider audience. People who maybe haven't seen the show and make it makes it accessible to people who are familiar with the show and. Uh, it, it, this episode basically it checks all the, all those little boxes that are required for a, an episode that introduces a new companion, an episode that starts a series. It, it, everything's there. It, it works. It's uh, we we see see everything from the companion's perspective, which we should since we're meeting that character for the first time. And this, this episode pr- progresses nicely at, at a nice pace, and by the end of the episode, it's as we were mentioning there with the. The timey wimey trick there, the the cheap trick with the t- with the doctor going back with the tie, it's a thing like that that really they don't notice when you when you first watch it. It's like you get to the end and all the action has happened, and you see that the the tie, and you're like, oh wait, that did happen. And it's little things like that that make this episode work really well as a series opener and introducing a new companion. And uh, yeah, it's it, the whole thing of whether or not the you know Martha. Per- grass as a character that's for you know later on we're looking further in the series but it was a good series opener right
0: yeah and it uses that rule doesn't it that the 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 alien the alien threat is never that complex on the first one because you've got so much else to you know set the stall out with that you just need a a threat alien that can be easily um, uh, given shape and given form and uh not over complicated it just forms the background to the story really
3: yeah. there's no huge huge spaceship in the sky there's no big death rays there's something that you know uh, for example in rose you know it was a minor disturbance really uh, the the the, the sh- you know shop window dummies coming to life happened mainly in that one mall but that was about it that was all that that public saw you know all the the public saw on this one was a hospital disappearing it wasn't a major threat to the entire planet and it was a threat to a hospital which had been put on the
0: moon mm. and, and i think they, they 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 certainly gave a lot of concentration on this because if you remember going back we we dot who had just come back to the screens in 2005 we'd had to recover from the fact that we had the ninth doctor for all in one season mm-hmm. Then, then Rose had to virtually carry the season uh, through to uh, to virtually introduce David Tennant. So a awful lot was, uh, and here we are in the third season, and we've got yet another change because Rose had become such a loved companion. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, um, <laughs> to say we're three years into the series, uh, it's having to sort of re- rebuild its bridges with fandom. Right. On each successive series, and I think this one was probably one of the the, the better of the best openers. I think uh, one of our collective uh, Dale Skeptical, I think he's quite a really big fan of this episode. Right, it is. But, I mean,
3: yeah, and Stephen's right. This this does, like I was saying, it it, it hits certain notes, uh, and you could just bring somebody in on this episode, and they could actually watch the rest of Doctor Who without too much, you know, backstory.
1: Yeah, something interesting, looking forward to Series 6, it's interesting that the opening two-parter there, it's the first time in Modern Who where we're not either introducing a new incarnation of the Doctor or a new companion. We're starting off with the same Doctor as before and the same companions as before, so we can focus on the story as opposed to introducing new characters.
0: Yes. And that was Series 6 before that happened. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so it's it's been a long... It's been a... It's a bit of a bumpy road, really, when you look at it over over the years. Uh, but the, but then again, when you look back at, at, at Classic, who we had those moments as well. Uh, when 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 you look at uh, the changeover from Davidson to, uh, I mean, from um, Tom Baker to Peter Davidson, uh, it's very very rocky. We've got companions coming and going within those couple of years. You know, we've got uh, Romana leaving. And and then the Doctor regenerating, and then uh, Tegan arriving, and then Nissa arriving, and... yeah.
1: Although the first Doctor had the most companions so far, so it was yes. m- most common with him. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, we've got to leave the quote to Ian, haven't we? What's the quote in? Change?
3: Change, my dear. But it seems not a moment too soon.
0: <laughs> oh. oh, he's good.
3: Oh, yes. Blink. Sorry, I forgot the blink. <laughs> Yes, one day I hope to do that for for Colin Baker and he'll probably just turn around and slap me and go, what the hell are you going on about, boy? But Yes, I always add the blink. (laughs) uh, For anybody who doesn't know, um, the reference to that, of course, is uh, uh, the Colin Baker years uh, video that came out. I don't think they've released those on DVD anymore, where um, they had the doctors sit down and talk about their episodes. Uh, They showed the sequence where Peter regenerates into into Colin and... uh, his first lines is the Doctor. He says, I just wish I hadn't blinked. There was that one blink there. I wish I hadn't done that. And So I went throw the blink in there. Anyway, I've had too much it's, wine no, and I'm
0: rambling. It's not half as bad as uh, Peter Davidson in his fifth Doctor said. It, uh, I did some of my best acting at the caves, The end of it, Caves of Androzani and all <laughs> everybody was doing was looking down Perry's cleavage.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like know I was. <laughs> Sort of like Sylvester McCauley. People say his best acting was when he got shot in the movie.
0: (laughs) Oh, Oh, come on. We're fans. We're fans, guys. Yes.
3: yes. All right. That about wraps it up for us. Uh, All the rest would just be drunk and rambling apart from Mike, who would be the only one making sense, and we can't have that. No. Uh, (laughs) So, it's goodbye from Mr. Randolph.
1: It's goodbye from Dave AC.
0: And it's goodbye from him. That's me. Is that you? Oh, my word. Just
3: play the theme.
0: (laughs) Well, I hope you enjoyed that commentary. Just to remind you that on Sunday, the 27th of February, 2011, the Custom Collective will be doing a tribute to the Brigadier on Touch ID 54821 at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.
3: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just
0: about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.